This is Pop Fiction Women. I'm Corinne. I'm Kate. And we're complicated. Blunt. Total boss. But sometimes a mess. Opinionated. But never boring. And in this podcast, we're discussing the complicated women of the best books, TV, and movies. Along with the complicated women behind the scenes. Warning, lots of spoilers ahead. So come back when you're done. Hurry up, it's starting. We are talking about Love Actually in a very special episode. Breaking out of season, breaking out of our segments, totally throwing away the pop fiction women mold just for a holiday special because because it's Christmas because it's and that's Christmas. What you do on Christmas they and tell us in the movie that's right always do something different for Christmas and also because I randomly put a poll up on my Instagram and people love love actually um, it is a fan it, favorite it, but also as we've come to found, find it's also a critic's favorite as well I'm so, gonna I'm I might have to ruin Love Actually for for, for people across America. No, no, I Listen, won't. Listen, here's the thing. We're going to ruin it, and then we're going to build it back up. So yes. everyone, everyone will just learn to think a little more critically and then get over it. <laughs> Move yes. on and continue to watch it and love it every year. Exactly. So that's but what we... But we really, like, we love this movie. That is yes. true. We both love it. Mm-hmm. I know everybody loves it for the most part. It's one of those when it comes on TV... You can't turn it off. And I don't even think that's just at the holidays. I mean, I think people, when they see this movie, are like, oh, it's Love Actually, you know? Yes. So, I, you know, I questioned whether or not there were really complicated women in Mm -hmm. Love Actually. But we're going to talk about that because there's certainly a lot of women between these different storylines. There are. Clearly, it's outside our normal scope. But I I think it's going to be fun. I I think people are going to be happy. Okay. But... So when we talked about in in our sort of little pre-production meeting, we talked about the order of things. And I think uh, it was certainly my opinion. I wanted to face the critics head on. I wanted to start right off the bat hashing out a lot of the criticism for this movie. So that's where we're going to start. Okay, yes. Let's Let's just get it out of the way. Get it out of the way. Let's just talk about it. So one of the major criticisms which is important for this podcast, is the portrayal of women Mm -hmm. in Love Actually, right? So there's a lot out there about how all of the relationships in this movie portray men in power or older men and then the women who serve them. You've got, for example, uh, Hugh Grant, uh, who's clearly much older than Natalie. She does seem into him, right? But it's hard to tell, right? Because he's 15 years older than her. He's her boss. And he's also the prime minister. So, you know, there's, there, there, this was clearly before the Me Too movement, but there, there's. But not before Clinton. I mean, it looks like, it very much looks like a Monica Lewinsky, I'm just doe-eyed. I mean, she is doe-eyed from the very first time she meets him. She seems into him, whether that is because he is who he is or because it's just, you know, that's just how she feels about him is, is unclear, but. She is doe-eyed from the very first time she meets him. Right. And I mean, now we talk about whether, you know, someone can even consent in that kind of power differential relationship. And then he clearly has her basically demoted or relocated Mm. to another job because he can't control himself around her. But, you know, not one woman really in love actually is in any position of power. You can correct me if I'm wrong. In the workplace or in the relationship. Yeah, I mean, I struggle to find one. Well, I don't know. I really, I guess it depends. Interestingly, in the Hugh Grant vignettes, the there's the woman, and I don't know if she has a name, but the one who he calls in to say, the one who leads him in in the first place. I don't know. Yes, sort of his. So he, you know, so okay, he doesn't seem to be a boys club, right? He, yeah. He I mean, is she surrounded could be like the by chief women. of staff yes, or something. Right. You're right. I don't, I don't know if she's really that, that prestigious of a title, but she, there is that woman. That's true. Yes. And I don't know. I it, mean, it, she's not in the story as far as she doesn't no. have her own storyline, but. That's what I'm thinking of. I guess of the people, the women that have storylines. Right. Yes. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah. You've I'll, got Jamie and Oriella, right? I mean, he's much mm, older. She mm. works for him. She basically yes. serves him as well. It's yes, so a yes. lot of women bringing men mm-hmm, things like mm-hmm. tea and 
cookies and cleaning up after. I know. Them. Well, I've seen that, but that's only two of the storylines, right? There, okay. It's not, there's no dynamic like the porn blockers, you know, the oh, people. We're going to get to them. <laughs> okay. they, they might be, to me, they might be the sweetest love story in all of love, actually. <laughs> okay. I, right. I'm, I'm not okay. kidding. Um, okay. So, so what they, about Alan Rickman, yeah. Harry? Mm-hmm. How about. Which is a little known part of it, right? But he's Laura Linney's boss in this. Yes. And he calls her into his office. To talk about uh, To talk uh, about how crush. she's in love with another coworker. Yes. And then suggests to a woman that works for him that she admit to another coworker that she loves him. And then yeah. tells her to have a lot of sex and have babies with him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's no doubt that this movie was made in 2003. It is set in England it is not the charged dynamics of American workplaces and I would agree with all of that so I mean just pointing out everything that fits that same mold isn't really that compelling of a criticism to me I understand no I mean I'm sorry have you seen Rosemary's Baby where the doctor delivers a baby while he's smoking a cigarette I mean movies have to evolve with time right right? we know we certainly know things that we didn't know then how troublesome these things were um they don't they don't seem to be particularly troublesome in this movie but as no you don't yeah you don't feel which is why i think obviously everyone loves it i mean Mm -hmm. you're not watching or i I wasn't watching any of these things thinking oh these women are being taken advantage of by the powerful men i mean that's why i think it works and why it resonates with so many people yes um but if you really look at it or how about how about the guy um I forget his name. the The guy who <laughs> goes, you know, to Wisconsin to find American oh, women to, yes. to, to yes. shag, as he yes. says, yes. he's not particularly attractive. But somehow, <laughs> because of his attractive. British accent, yes. he can show up in a bar. Who wrote that storyline? I mean, like I, a fifteen year old hormonal yes. teenager could have written that storyline. It he, is. He gets the hottest chicks. Yes, it's completely unrealistic, and critics would say objectifies women. Yeah. And American women, although that I think is very intentional. I mean, this yes. is a British movie and it I mocks do, America. Look I at do Billy Bob think Thornton. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's all on purpose, the American stuff. And but to me, I really, women? yeah, but I really think that one is beyond reproach because I think it's just farcical. I mean, it's not right. intended to be realistic in any way, shape, or form. I think right. it's just silly And that one silly sticks farce. out to me, though, just as because of that, is just not really adding much to the I agree. Oh, I agree. On on a rewatch, I never watch those parts. I'm like, this is not interesting. It's not even funny anymore. It's not, you know. Yeah. It's it's very dated and the farce is not so interesting anymore. Although, how about some of the actresses in that? Oh, my gosh. January Jones. January Jones. Yes. I mean, it's Denise Richards. Richards. Shannon Elizabeth. Elizabeth. I mean, oh, that other woman I love with the blonde hair. Oh, Oh, uh, Alicia Cuthbert. Oh, yeah. Yes, Cuthbert. Yes. But God, did he get some... Yes, like, he did. It's and, a star-studded... actress. Yes, for sure. For sure. All and, right. Then the last criticism yes. is about... There's a lot of critiques about the disturbing presentation of body image mm. and calling women fat and mm. making fun of women who are overweight. I mean, Natalie is referred to as chubby mm-hmm. i mean i love i love when hugh grant goes what would we call her chubby mm-hmm. and then he's such Chief a great line. Or whatever she is right goes oh there's some sizable ass there i know i re- that line is terrible because I it's mean, so out yeah. of place and it's so it 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 really doesn't work that one particular right. line really doesn't work and, I, and natalie's dad even calls her plumpy yes yes and she says that she her boyfriend broke up with her because yes. of the size of her thighs yes but but by the way wait how about the fact that natalie knows her shit and she knows she's not fat and she knows that that guy was a bad guy for saying those things to her yeah no natalie's one of my favorites yes when when we get to whether or not there are actually complicated women in this yeah i'm not sure she's complicated but she's plucky she's spunky i know and that's why i think in played in any other way this whole power differential and the Mm -hmm. age difference and Mm -hmm. would have seemed really kind of gross yeah but she holds her own yes she does great she does. Yeah. And the dynamic is really 
And I'm saying but for the power differential, which I think is not something to throw away. I do think it's really important. And I do think it's a it's really hard to have consent among when there's someone, you know, a secretary and the, the prime minister. It's really I'm not sure you're really ever going to get there. But but for that, I mean, he moves her to a different part of the house because he doesn't want to be involved with her. I actually think that's a smart move on his part. I don't think he's intending to degrade her or put her down or set her back in any way. He's just thinking, this is not the right vibe. There's chemistry between us and it's not appropriate here. And so I actually was was on board with that. And then it's she writes him a card. He's over it. Yes. He's going to just put it away. And then she writts him a card. So sort of Signed, inviting, Natalie. Yes, inviting yeah, that you're... dynamic back into it. And so I do, I understand the power differential is is a real issue but besides that their their dynamic is truly one of back yeah. and forth not not one-sided think, yes no I completely agree with that I yeah. do think the like they're they're a little overboard on the references to like wait I think that criticism is fair the movie is it's so there's so much going on that yeah it's really it can slip into some one-dimensional aspects. I think what it intends to do is, as a whole, present a more complex and dimensional picture of love and romance and relationships. Mm-hmm. But if you pick apart each one, yeah, it's 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 going to have flaws. And again, we're talking about this movie was from 2003, so it's not recent and not as aware as we've become. And... You know, I don't have a problem with when you point out something in order to make it into someone's awareness, right? There are catty women and th- who will call oh, someone yeah. fat who who isn't really fat because, you know, that that's all they think they have on them. And there are women who have body dysmorphia who think they're fat when they are very clearly not fat. So right. I don't know if it had done just a tin- if that was sort of the tinge of the hint behind it all was an awareness as opposed to what I feel like was maybe just an an unawareness but this is what's out there this is reality I would have liked it a little better if there was a little bit more awareness behind it but yeah do you think I think maybe because of what we've been doing on this podcast I think this was the first time when I watched it and I felt like this was written by a man. Yeah. I don't, does it feel that way to you? I'm not saying a man can't write, of course, or direct, you know, movies or TV shows that that show women in very complicated mm-hmm. and empowering ways. I'm not, I'm not remotely suggesting yeah. that. But this one to me, and it could just be, like you said, that it's a little bit dated. Yeah. I just felt was... like a lot of times I was like, only a man would write this. Like mm-hmm. that vignette with the guy that goes to Wisconsin just to bang yes. girls. from. Yes. I'm sorry. A yes. man is writing that. Because it's yeah. like his fantasy. It's like his 15-year-old fantasy. Like being yeah, played also, out with see, every hot girl I don't that know. That find. one I was really like, this is just a joke just about dumb. how. It, yeah. And basically Prince Harry. Like how does Prince Harry get Meghan Markle? Right? It's basically that's how it is. <laughs> He's a doofy looking Redhead, and first Ooh, of all, there's some people think he's I, sexy. I was gonna say there are some people who just uh, like yeah. redheads, right? And well, I think it's his personality and but British. Anyway, we, we, yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, but there are still people who just like redheads and like British accents. And no, do they get the hottest girl? Although I don't know, is that the important? Because they're all dumb as rocks in that. I mean, they don't seem to offer anything besides being, I guess, Hence, good looking. Yeah. Why I feel I like a, a man wrote, or like I feel like yeah. a fourteen-year-old boy wrote that whole vignette, which is fine, <laughs> yeah, you right, know. Right. Um, no, I didn't feel you, I didn't feel like it was written by a man. I did, though, feel it was it was definitely dated. They do only play it around around Christmas time. I never see it on the TV otherwise, and I haven't caught it in a few years. We have. Because I actually watched it last year, and when I told my kids I was doing this, they were like, oh, the one with that little boy. Mm-hmm, they love mm-hmm. the Sam storyline. Of course, so, of course. Yeah. That's a good one. I did feel it was, re-watching it for this podcast, I did feel it was it was dated. But I didn't necessarily feel like it was just written by a man. I, I mean, do you, yeah. do you feel like it's really a love story? 
so this is the one I will go down with for sure. I do. I, I, well, I will say this. It's a romantic comedy, right? Mm-hmm. And insofar as romance is not the same as love. Yeah. I think it is a romantic comedy. Yeah, absolutely. And these ideas that it doesn't show the whole picture of love. Well, it doesn't. But that's not the chapter we're in, right? Anyone knows if you write something or you watch a movie, you you know, what you're making is a snapshot. It's really a snapshot in time. And this person chose to, for the most part, because there are other storylines in this, but for the most part... They're about falling in love with someone. And I don't care who you are. I I know I've been in love several times. And all of my falling in love moments, the snippets in time, were completely illogical. They made no sense. They There was no guarantee that they were ever going to last. I mean, it wasn't... I don't know. There's so much silliness yeah. involved anyway. So yeah, I do think it's it's indicative of falling in love and sometimes that makes no sense at all I mean love is a madness yeah no it's not realistic yeah no and and he's you know I never really focused on the beginning um where it's all the people arriving at Heathrow the arrivals terminal and and I I mean I remember that but the voiceover Mm -hmm. of Hugh Grant Mm -hmm. where he says oh it's always one of my favorite parts it, it shows love in all different forms yes i mean and it really does do that i will i will give it that i mean it has like unrequited love which is like mark and juliet Mm -hmm. there's love or devotion of a sibling right like laura Laura linney first love with sam and joanna there's like parent child love like emma thompson Uh and her kids or even liam neeson with his stepson friendship billy mack and his chubby manager Mm -hmm. might just be the greatest love of my life (laughs) so i do think that it it absolutely was supposed to be this ensemble romance yes or romantic comedy Mm -hmm. where you're depicting all different kinds of love so it it definitely does do that yes Um, actually interestingly did you know that curtis got the idea while sitting at the arrivals terminal at lax and he said he was watching people come in and he thought to himself where else are people yes. so happy and yes. excited to see other yes. people? And it gave him the idea for this movie, yeah. which is pretty cool. You know, it's funny. When I watched the beginning again, that was the only thing that did not feel dated. It felt very relevant. That that line, people think it's there's only greed and hatred and love is really but all around us. That. Yes, mm-hmm. that. I was like, yeah. okay, this is 2019. We need this. Yeah, I know. And yeah. that's the, there is like the feel good parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think on my rewatch for this, yeah. I then also saw some of the parts that are just depressing. Yeah. Or oh, yeah. really fucked up or yes. inappropriate relationships. Yes. I saw more of that. But, but listen, like I said, I still, I still love this movie. So. Yeah. yeah. And I do think that was the idea through these different storylines to show different types of love or relationships. And that's not always a feel-good story. Right. Well, I didn't... I mean, I, I think the beginning and the end leave you with good feelings. But, I mean, the Laura Linney line, storyline, that's a that's a tough one. And oh, that's Emma Thompson, too. Emma Thompson. And, of course, Liam Neeson just being crushed about losing his wife. I mean, there's a lot of heartache and despair and grief in this movie. And yeah. not just grief for people loved ones gone but love gone yeah but to me that's what makes it a complete picture of of love and romance yeah having all of those parts having all of those elements because that's how life is no and I think there's no more realistic or complete or complex character or storyline than Emma Thompson I don't know if we want to talk yet about are there complicated women in this yeah because you've sort of touched on it I think that to me she is the number one maybe she's also Emma Thompson I she's just (laughs) Emma Thompson I mean it's just exactly and she has the most complex life in this uh, and not even storyline because it's not even she doesn't really have storylines she just has lines moments yes. with each, with so many characters that put her in different positions so this is something that I, I was thinking about as normal people and 
I was just using that quote where Sally Rooney says she doesn't really believe in the idea of the individual. And Mm -hmm. I think it applies so much to this movie because all of these people are who they are through the dynamics with other people. Right. We get to see Emma Thompson as the sister with Hugh Grant. And she has that line where I I love how she just calls and it's like your sister's on line four. Yes, I love it. And she says something to the effect of my brother makes me look bad. He saved the world today while I made paper mache lobster head. Oh, yeah. you know, put your life in rather harsh perspective. Yes, yes. So so she has so many different dimensions through relationships with other people. And then we see her being a good mom. We see her mm-hmm. being, but also a, an exasperated mom. She says to Liam Neeson, my son locks himself in his room. Thank goodness. <laughs> you know, she right. doesn't want him to be around all the time. He's a broody yeah. teenager. And right. then we see her being such a good friend to Liam Neeson. To Daniel. Yep. Oh, yeah. Liam, Liam Neeson. Yes. Daniel. Yes. Okay, Daniel. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, but also messing up. She's in the middle of cooking and like, uh, you know, I got to go. I can't I talk, can't right, talk now. right now. Not that I'm not worried about your dead wife. <laughs> You know, she's sticking or when her... she tells him to stop crying because no one's going no to shag, shag him cry all the time. Yes. <laughs> so she's far from perfect. direct. She's yeah, direct. She's direct for sure. But her, far from perfect, but very multidimensional. And we get to see her in so many different roles. And, you know, that's what really gives her that. Even if it's just a line in relation to her brother or in relation to, you know, talking about her friend about her kid you know it's right talking right. with her friend so she's I literally she's wrote multi-dimensional dimension. yeah and then wrote good friend good sister mm-hmm. good mother good mm-hmm. wife mm-hmm. she's right I mean all of the things that you just said yeah. and she is I think our most complete character yeah and then I mean should we just talk about see this is the depressing yeah line, um, storyline for me though Wait, I mean and this one oh yeah we'll just, yeah, yeah, with her husband. Yeah, I mean, but also, wait, she's not only in in relation to all of those people. She also has moments where you know who she is, right? When she says one of my favorite lines in the whole movie, Joni Mitchell taught your cold oh, English cold wife cold how to feel. The feel. Yes. I love that line. Yes. I love that. So, and that asshole didn't know she even liked Joni Mitchell. I mean, I well, no, he said, why do you still listen to it? Yeah. And okay. she's like, oh, because true love lasts a lifetime. <laughs> I know, I know. I love that yeah. line, taught yeah. your cold English wife. Well, I must I send know. her a thank you card or something. I know, he says I back. know, yes. So, but you know, when she when she sees him at the holiday Christmas party talking mm, to his secretary, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and then she says to him right after, mm-hmm. you know, Mia's very pretty, Harry, you know. Yeah. Be yeah. careful there. Yeah. Like, you know, she, she doesn't, she says it, you know, she's yeah. not like a bitter wife, she... Yeah, we know, of course, that he's yes, you know, buying her a necklace and everything else. But you know, she's she's very upfront. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I know. Then I know. It's the scene when she's crying after oh. she realizes that he gave the necklace. She opens that oh, box that's and gets a so Joni devastating. Mitchell CD. Yes, which by and the way, then, in in the context of the relationship, she says, "Oh, you always just buy me a scarf." So a scarf. It, it actually was a good gift in the context of their relationship, mm-hmm. which is so sad and doubly depressing because she thought she was getting the ultimate. She thought she was getting jewelry, something that she he obviously never considers for her. Um, right. And no, you're right. It was it was more thoughtful than yeah. apparently he's done in the past. Right. But, but then she goes in the room and I, just my cries. Gosh. That scene oh, where it's playing the both sides now. Yes. Oh gosh. And and but you know that's another thing I love about how realistic her storyline is, right? Because she yes. still then has to go back outside. Yes. Everyone's waiting for yes. her, just like a mom yes. and a wife, and they've got to get to the Christmas pageant, and she has to just push her tears aside and yes. go out there and. Do what she has to do and get her little lobster yes. to the nativity. Oh, by the way, like, that's where I knew a man. That's one moment where I knew a man had written it because when she came in a, out of that bedroom, there's no oh, yeah. fucking way. They were all just sitting there playing with their Game <laughs> Boys there or to go their, their Switches. On the couch. Yeah, no. Next to the, yeah, no. right. Oh, yes, nope. everyone's ready. With their coats no, on. Get your no. shoes on. 
Yes, you would have come out and nothing would have been done. No exactly. one would have been ready. Exactly. And she was just in there crying. She's realized her husband's probably having an affair on her. Yes. And yeah, yeah, then you would have lost your shit. Exactly. But then would you, I would have felt right. justified a little bit. I'd be like, at least I can scream right now. And then, but, and she does the same thing again after the play when she again confronts him because mm-hmm. she is direct yes. and she's not going to sit around yeah. and wait to see what happens. Mm-hmm. But she's trying to like say hello to the other parents mm. and still yet says to him, you know, what I would know. you do? Oh, that, you- this, that part is, is just the best. That Right. Would you oh. wait to find out if it's just a necklace or if it's sex or a necklace or worse, if it's love and a necklace? I, that, and then that line, would you stay knowing life would always, always be, be a, a little, little bit, bit worse? worse I, or would you cut and run? I know. And he's just like, oh, I'm a fool. And then she's like, well, you made a fool out of me and you've made the life I lead foolish. Yeah. That's but then, you know, hard. some other mom says hello, so she has to go running uh-huh. over there. And then the kids come up and Darlings. she still has to keep yes. herself together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, very, a- I think that was very true to life. I thought it was yes. very accurate, very, um, you know, that, yeah, as farcical as some of the mm-hmm, other storylines mm-hmm. maybe are. That one is so painfully realistic yeah. that so that's one where i think geez i mean i think of this as like this feel-good love story yeah. but you forget one no. of the main storylines is awfully yes. sad and and doesn't have a good ending because mm. when she meets him at the airport mm-hmm. gate yeah at the arrivals the look on her face is like she's just gonna do this and life's always just gonna be a little bit worse yeah absolutely like it's it's changed but i will say i feel like she looks extra good in that scene she's you know she's well, i don't know she just hair the yeah, makeup something yeah hair. she just looks some she sort of looks like glowier i don't know what they That's did fair. as far as makeup or whatever it go it is but, right, um, right that was the effect was to make her look a little bit more um, I don't know, alive or into it. And yeah, no, it's, I don't know. I think that it was hopeful, right? There was work to do, but they're staying together and he knows he was in the wrong and they'll, they'll figure it out. Um, but it, yeah. yeah, it's cer- certainly not feel good. <laughs> story right. Line. Yeah. But I do think she definitely gets my vote for like most complicated yes. or complex or yes. multi-dimensional. Laura Linney is a close second. She is. But we just don't get to see that much of her. Yeah. I agree. You know? Yeah. Well, although I will say when rewatching this, she has one of the most brilliant lines and I'm so glad that she has it because it does give her that extra dimension. When they're at the wedding at wedding, um, yep. Kira Knightley's mm-hmm. wedding. Um mm-hmm. she and she Peter's. she pulls yeah, she pulls her chair up at it's Mark, no? Is it Peter or Mark? It is Mark. Okay. Is Mark's best friend Peter? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh my so god. So she pulls her chair next up up to him, and she just comes right out with, "Do you love him?" And yes, he looks so confused. What are you talking about? Of course, we know he loves her, but she says, "I just thought I'd ask the blunt question in case it was the right one, and he needed someone to talk to about it, but no one ever asked you, so you've never been able to talk about it, even though you wanted to." <laughs> I love that. I yes. know. It's so good. She's just coming right out with it. And here's the thing. Complicated to me means so many things. It doesn't mean that you're just always blunt or you're always – because she's not always blunt. She's been in secretly in love with – or not so secretly in love with Carl for two years. And she doesn't say anything. She's not blunt or direct there. But she can be, and she knows the moments where she can be, and she just goes for it, right? Which is what she does with him at the at the wedding, and yeah, that's what I think. That's what makes her com- complicated is that she has those different layers, and she's she knows when she's willing to do it, she knows when she's not, and you know she's just doing yeah. it. No, I and this relationship with her brother, I mean. Yeah. It's it's killing her. Yeah. It's agonizing to watch, yes, right? It's it really is heartbreaking. So... It's totally Ugh. affecting her ability to be with someone else and to find her happiness. But at the same time, I mean, it's it's obviously admirable. And mm-hmm, yeah, 
I, so I don't know why she calls him babe. Yeah, that, and that's darling. Weird to me on the, I yeah, think it on was intended. I think the whole time it was intended to throw you off because as you're watching the movie for the first time, you don't know what's going on. You don't know if she has a husband who's like neglectful or maybe she just. Oh, wh- that's fair. Yeah. I've seen it so many times yes. that I never thought about so, that. Or whether she just wants to have Carl on the side kind of thing. You don't know, especially with the storylines are sort of all over the place. You you don't know what you're getting into there. But that was what I think it was intended to do, distract you. And then you don't find out as her brother until she's in bed with Carl. So, oh, you know, this is very interesting that yeah. you say this because yeah. you know they did a sort of reunion show okay. of this. Well, like a I, you, I, I know you didn't see it of yeah. the for comic relief. And it tells you what happened to the characters 15 years later. And the scene with Laura Linney is her answering a phone, like a cell phone. Oh, hey, darling. Oh, and guess who's (laughs) on the other line? Carl. Patrick Dempsey. Oh. That's who you now find out 15 years from now that she is in a happily in a relationship. But you're right. They play on the fact of when she answers the phone. That you think, oh, God, she, don't please tell me she's right. not answering the phone call of her brother again. Right. So you're right. That's probably why he did it in the first place yeah. was so that the viewer would not know who it was on the other line. And- I think that one is, to me, that's the most heartbreaking because she's obviously conflicted. Family is, I, I understand the family obligation feeling of it and how you obviously want to because that's your family. That's really important. But at the same time, it's not your choice. And so it's hard. It weighs on you. That one to but me was... sometimes don't you just want to be like, do you have to answer the phone I right know. now? Oh, my God. Like, can't you just call him back in a little bit? Oh, that like... voice. I mean, that noise, that ring made me like... Oh, oh I know. It makes me cringe. It's like they purposely picked the most yes. like annoying, yes. shrill Although, ringer. to be fair, in 2003, that was probably only right. was one ringer. That's a good point. Good point. <laughs> that was probably it. One of the best lines in the movie, I think, is is said by Carl while they're in bed when she's explaining, you know, I'm sorry, that's my brother. He's not well. He calls all the time and I have to. And she goes through this, like, it's my job. We don't have parents anymore. And now that he's here, it sounds like they came to England for her job, maybe. It's unclear, mm-hmm. but... And she sort of rambles on all of these excuses, but then tries to soften them. Like, it's my job, but it's not really my job. I want to do it for him. And and then he just looks at her and says, that's okay. Life is full of interruptions and complications. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Carl, words of wisdom from yes. Carl. Maybe his only words other than good night and Merry Christmas. <laughs> Right, but that that was the other thing. He seems like he would be a very understanding yeah, yeah. person when it comes to her situation. That's yeah. why I was like, why can't this work out for them? I think it's because you know? she clearly wouldn't choose him. I, I think know. he would be understanding if she chose him, but she just kept not choosing him. She would just, right. you know, this is she didn't seem to have any room for him frankly in that's her why life. i like in the reunion show that she does get yes. her her yes. happy ending yes yeah and you know another tidbit i read was that when he was curtis was casting this mm. he already knew hugh grant and others that had been in, in some other movies that mm-hmm, he had done mm-hmm. but he kept saying to his wife about this particular character i need someone like laura linney you know like <laughs> like laura linney and then finally he goes my wife just looks at me and she goes why don't you ask Laura Lynn? And so she wrote, so he said, oh my gosh. So I did that. And he wrote her a personal note. Oh, wow. And she responded and the rest is history. But uh, yeah, he's I like, like so I got Laura Linney. Yes, she was good. But heartbreaking. But the, the thing for me is I feel that, again, so many of these vignettes are just small snapshots of, of life and I do, yes. I mean, obviously you've just confirmed it with, I had never seen the the part two or whatever the, the reunion the, show. Yeah, the reunion whatever. show. But you, I, I was confident that she would figure it out and that she just had not yet figured out how to make space in her life for a love that wasn't all consuming her, her brothers. So, right. so yes. I thought she would get it together. She just hadn't figured it out yet, which is fair and fine. And, Apparently she does. 
Yeah, she does. Yeah. We don't have to do the crystal yes. balls. We're not <laughs> exactly. doing our normal segments. Right, Because right. they sort of handled it for us. And, and I think... I only watched snippets of it, but I'm pretty sure that the Prime Minister and Natalie are are still together Aww. in the in the in the future. Okay, I, that, I mean she's funny. I love the cursing. Yeah, she just says love. whatever she wants love. and is always saying the wrong thing. Yes, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So so I liked her. I thought she was spunky, and I, yep. as we said earlier, I never felt like. You know, it was weird that she worked for him or yeah. whatever. Yeah. She brought him out of his shell, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, you I like tell it. that's what he was attracted to in her. Are there any other of your... I think those are the... For me, those are the main... Those are definitely... Complicated women or that I like in, in the... Those are the main ones. Are we going to talk about scenes or... Well, or I'll story just... Storylines? Yeah. Well, so I'm just going to go... I'm going to go out with um, Aurelia. I think... I know it's ridiculous with, oh, is it Colin Firth? Yeah. Is that who it is? Yes, ja- it's Colin Jamie Firth. and Aurelia. Jamie. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's one of my favorites. Um, is it really? It oh is. Oh my gosh. It's completely unrealistic. It's completely off the wall. They totally acknowledge that, which I also love. But she has some moments. <laughs> like when she, one of my favorite is when she rescues the, the pages from the water. Mm-hmm. And then, yes. and she's saying, you can name a character after me. And then she goes, actually, maybe I'll just take 50% of the profits. Now, he, yes. of course, is like 5%, but she's going right out there with 50%. I mean, master negotiator here. Oh, I like I mean, that. The subtitles are hilarious. She is yes. saying very funny things. Yes. And how she says, I'll miss your bad driving and your slow typing. I love yes. it. And she makes the first move. She kisses him when he's willing to let her just walk away. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's okay. I mean, he is a 40-something on the rebound who yeah. just got cheated on and is now, you know, hooking up with the 20-something who's well, his housekeeper yeah, but or my, whatever she is. Yeah, but he doesn't pursue her. They somehow actually seem to fall in love. I mean, some people can fall in love with older people. It's not no, always that's a true. matter of some level of dysfunction. I think it's more, again, that she works for him. Oh, yeah, again. no. no I, but I don't mind the age difference. Yeah. And it's not a complicated dynamic, employer-employee dynamic. No, it's almost like she seems way, like kind of what you're saying, like way more in charge of him than he, you know, because he's a little bit more bumbling and insecure. And the funny thing about the subtitles and the fact that, you know, everyone criticizes this for, oh, real, real realistic here. They can't even actually communicate, Mm -hmm. but they fell in love, you know, or, you know, you actually have to be able to talk to one another to have a real relationship but if you look at the subtitles they're actually saying the same thing a lot of times like yes do you know what i mean no they are suspend reality a little bit you do but um i'm just gonna go out there on a freaking limb and tell you that i know so many people who both speak english and they're not communicating So I really take that criticism and fucking throw it in the toilet because I think it's garbage. I know plenty of people that both speak the same language (laughs) and communicate terribly with one another. That's fair. And and that perhaps these two can tell each other more with glances. Yes. And with, you know, reading, like hand gestures and body language. It's fair. It's fair. And not to kill it for you, but in the... You'll like this oh, in okay, again good. in the sequel yeah. or reunion, yeah. whatever you want to call it. They have three kids oh. and a fourth on the way, okay. so they're still happily together. Yeah. Is the point? Yeah, and and no doubt in my mind, the proposal scene is my absolute favorite. It's well, not just the scene; it's the way the whole thing builds. It's the end of the movie. We're sort of expecting things to start turning around. The sadder, heavier struggling relationships are are behind us now we're getting to the end and then he comes to the door and the dad answers and she's at work so then they set off on their journey together the music is playing the you know the whole town is involved I love that build up I love the stakes are going up and 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 the whole thing about his speech with his awkward Portuguese so it comes out in a very awkward but funny way which is so true because he barely he just learned to speak the language right so of course you use the wrong kind of verb right or yes exactly or conjugate it improperly or use the wrong describing word it's technically correct but slightly off and he says 
this is crazy, but some things don't need proof. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't even expect you to say yes because this is totally off the wall, but will you marry me? And, ah, oh, I love that. Of course, I'm partial to ideas like that. My husband and I did not date for a particularly long time. I'm just of that feeling that when you know, you know. And is that all there is? No. Falling in love is really nothing at all, like staying in love and being in love and and being in a relationship. But falling in love is its own thing, and you can trust it. To me, that proposal was reminded me of a, a line in Taylor Swift's song, of course. Of course. Where it's like, it's going to the last page and saying, I am going to be here. I promise I am going to stay with you. I choose you. And it's, and all the rest of the story in between this first page and the last page, it's going to be hard. There's going to be bad times and it's, we're going to struggle and you're going to struggle and I'm going to struggle and it's going to get all messed up. But at the last page, I'm still going to be there. And that's the promise you make with a proposal like that. And I love that. I mean, look at you, Corinne, (laughs) being the hopeless romantic in this one. This is a role that I sometimes like to play, but I love it. Yeah, well, it just depends on the scenario for me. The scenario has to ring true. And to me, in that beginning stages, if that's how you're falling for each other, I can... I can just get behind that. I don't know. I yeah. just, I believe in that kind of. Well, and I, I'm big on communication and mm-hmm. I'm a talker, yeah. but <laughs> I can see your point about how they were able to fall in love using everything but words, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it's a really interesting concept and I, I, I do believe that's possible. Yeah. And they, right? I and mean, then they, it's just. They the put in the work, right? yes. The chemistry, no, yes. Right. And right. no one knows what's going to happen. To me, that's why the early stages of a relationship are so exciting. You have no idea what's going to happen. And I'm all for just going, like, let's just dive all in. And I know most people don't do that, and there there are more rational ways to do it. But I've yet to see that one predicts a better outcome than the other. I mean, maybe it's just the couple. You have to decide what works for you. But for me, it works to say, I've gone as far. I mean, you don't want to propose on the first night. You want to spend some time together and see how how you, you know, get along or whatever. But you don't have to wait years to to sort of hash out every scenario or obstacle you might come across. If you're willing to just say, this is enough for me. I'm ready to jump. You know, who knows? No one knows what right. happens in the in the harder times, but yes. they learn each oh. other's language. They know hard they work. Did. They that, know that how was, important communication is. That was an yeah, yes, an act of love. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I. So what about? I got to move on to one that yes. I think I thought was super romantic along oh, these lines, no. and now I've realized is just fucked up. Yeah. About um, Juliet, oh. Kira Knightley, oh. and and Mark. Yeah. You know, That's... so she married Mark's best friend, yes. Peter, whatever. And okay. This scene that is so iconic. Yes. When, it's terrible. What I think of is now the guy from The Walking Dead, um, <laughs> Mark, but yeah. the actor. Yep. yep. With the, the cue cards, right? I Everybody know. knows this scene. But I know. You think about it. I'm like, wait a second. It's really sweet, except for the fact that it's happening between a woman and her husband's best friend while he's just upstairs in the other room. After they're <laughs> married. After they're married. After they're married. And, and putting aside the fact that we know that he's in love with her, but apparently never talks to her and is not nice to her. <laughs> so this is an example of, yeah. yeah, you can not talk to each other, but I'm not right. like like Jamie, but this doesn't sound like that. No. And yet he does this whole really seemingly romantic thing because it's so clever. I think the when I first saw this movie, yeah. I was like, oh, that's so great. But then she runs after him and gives him a kiss. I'm like, wait, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Like your husband's upstairs and yeah. that's your best friend, dude. Yeah. It's, so why did I think that this was so romantic? And it, are we supposed to think this is so romantic? It's not. In a love story no. right there? Because that's just not, no, right? No, I think it's terrible. I think that... That's like cringy, like bad. So cringy, bad. Okay. Not cringy okay. growth. Not like... That's just bad. Just, it's just bad. It just okay. doesn't work. And I understand the unrequited love of it. I do 
very much appreciate that at the end after she runs out and kisses him I'm guessing she kisses him out of elation that like she's not going to get raped and and killed (laughs) he's gonna let it let it go now but (laughs) when he says to himself enough that I mean I appreciate that I think it should have come way sooner I don't know why they got married and he didn't say this before I don't know I I don't love it but frankly I might not be the best person to judge this because I've just never really understood it. I've never understood unrequited love. I just oh. not. I mean, not that everybody I'm interested in is interested in me, but as soon as I know they're not interested in me, the it's, it's dead. It. It's dead in the yeah, water. Like I'm so yeah. over it. Moving on. Like I. So I've yeah. never experienced unrequited love again not because everyone loves me back but but because I would just drop it I would never just hold that shut it down yes yeah so so I don't know maybe it really rings true to someone who's felt that way or maybe there are couples out there that this is rings very true to them but I don't know I think there's been other stories in in books and movies and tv of unrequited love that I've bought a lot more than this Mm -hmm. even though Mm -hmm. I tend to be like you personally when it comes to that usually it's like you know you were friend the the couple like your friends with the woman you were the best friend but then she fell in love with some other guy but but sure you had a pre-existing relationship these two it's just like they don't even based on everything you've heard like she's like you don't even talk to me right it's she's like you don't even like me yeah so that's just weird and creepy he's just been like stalking her. it's from total car, so. fantasy like there's nothing yeah. in real again totally the opposite of jamie and aurelia theirs is all real it doesn't have words it's but it's all feeling and it's communicated between the two of them on a different plane his is all in his head and it none is. of it he exists. made this up he totally made it yeah up. that whole thing was just and by the way also, Keira Knightley is, what, 12, 13? She was 18 I mean, when the, she filmed that. Okay, I know. that's ridiculous. I know. But also, never, never in my life have I been lounging around in a angora, off-the-shoulder, short-sleeve <laughs> white top at Christmas with my, with my newlywed husband. Never. That whole thing just no. made me angry in the first place. So, I mean, no, she looks adorable. She looks gorgeous. But it's so yes. ridiculous ridiculous that I'm like this is this is this is a bridge too far for me sorry yeah if she was in yeah. sweatpants okay so so what other storylines I mean I love I like I said my kids watched it they love the one of Sam yes. and Joanna and that's clearly led to one of the most iconic scenes of that girl singing yes just amazing yes love her she's um, on her way to being a complicated cute. woman joanna yes she, she is she's so mysterious yes, and, and she's talented she's gonna be mm-hmm. a boss she knows what she likes yeah i mean we learned from sam like a little kid that like love is agony oh i love I that think the re- <laughs> i think the relationship between him and, and liam neeson is a great example of you know parental love yes I think that one's good. I'm telling you, I think the porn stars or the stand-in yes. porn stars might, like I said at the beginning, might have the cutest love story. I don't know if they're, they're the very cutest. They definitely have the most what? sort of Genuine. above board. I don't know. Yes. It's all a little much for me. I Listen, I'm not speaking ill of it. It just wouldn't work for me. Like, yes. <laughs> I need a little it's bit like more game. It's like the simplest. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Theirs is the simplest in this. Like, and, yes. But the juxtaposition between what they're doing like simulating yes. these Love ridiculous that. sexual positions while they're having this really sweet considerate conversations yes i just noticed this one a lot yes. more this time around i was like that's oh, actually yeah. it's funny you know oh yeah and, and like, he's like being so kind like yes, warming up his warming hands, his hands <laughs> yes. before he has to grab yes. her breast yes you know and but, pretend to be like from behind yes, i mean the exactly. whole thing is it's bizarre i agree you're like no it's oh. it's very cute and inventive like that that like you said the juxtaposition of of the actual circumstances but then the dynamic that they create between each other i agree yeah and billy and his manager yes. his chubby manager oh they even fat shame men in this yes. movie too oh yeah referring to chubs yes aurelia does it too aurelia says i'm not eating that because you should see my sister but then she also says to jamie don't keep eating you're gonna get fat too i mean it's, it's right. definitely equal opportunity no one should be getting fat 
storyline or right. message. Yeah, no, it's so true. But yeah, I thought that was cute. He's like this aging rock star yeah. who has realizes that there's actually been one person who's been a constant in his life and yeah. who's been there for him, and yeah. that's his chubby manager. Yes. I didn't take it as I'm actually in love with no, you or no, whatever. No, no, um, I but agree. it was cute when he says you might. Turns out you might be the great love of my yes. life or whatever. Yes. So love is everywhere yes. in this movie. We, we, we can agree on that. Whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, I think about the arrivals gate at Heathrow Airport. General opinion starting to make out that we live in a world of hatred and greed. But I don't see that. Seems to me that love is everywhere. Often it's not particularly dignified or newsworthy, but it's always there. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, old friends. When the planes hit the Twin Towers, as far as I know, none of the phone calls from the people on board were messages of hate or revenge. They were all messages of love. If you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. Is the whole thing totally realistic? Absolutely not. It's a movie that has a lot of different storylines in order to allow you to take away whatever you need at that moment. You know, where you are, what you need to hear. You're not alone in having too many family obligations to have love. You're not alone in being betrayed. You're not alone in unrequited love. You're not alone in any one thing that you're feeling. There's a little nugget in there for you. Is it complex in each storyline no and is it dated yes but still just a very sweet movie yes it is love is everywhere are we okay do we end up feeling okay do you feel better i know you were kate you were a little hesitant to do this one you were a little swayed by the critics i was hesitant but you know i do think that it is a favorite for a reason. Yes. It is. And yes. there and a, and a movie or a book or any anything that resonates with so many people and stands the test of time, I think is worth talking about. All right. Well, we've done our job then. Yeah. We've done our we job. Have. We've unpacked it all, put it back together and said, "Eh, it's pretty good." Yeah. <laughs> okay. Exactly. And I'm not and, I, and if it comes on at Christmas, you're on watching the TV, it. I'm watching it. All right. Exactly. All right. Good. This has been Pop Fiction Women with Corinne and Kate. If you loved this episode, please leave a review. And if you hated it, email us. We want to hash it out. Love us or hate us, don't forget to subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. And keep it complicated.